We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Ariana Prail in for Alexis Madrigal. You might not think about getting rest as a radical act, but it is for Black women, say the curators of Resting Our Eyes, a new art exhibition at the Institute of Contemporary Art in San Francisco. Pulling together artists from a variety of mediums, Resting Our Eyes celebrates how Black women find liberation through rest, leisure, and adornment and how they have used these forms of self-expression to combat oppression for generations. We'll talk with the curators, as well as contributing artists, about why rest is not a luxury, but a necessity. That's all next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail, in for Alexis Madrigal. The late Toni Morrison once reflected on her work as a Nobel Prize-winning Black woman author who wrote about Black people by saying, quote, I stood at the border, stood at the edge, and claimed it as central, and let the rest of the world move over to where I was. That sentiment rang true for me when I visited Resting Our Eyes, an art exhibition that curators Tahira Rashid and Autumn Brion created to celebrate Black women through the lens of leisure and physical adornment. In their space, Black women, our style, our attitude, our adornment, our right to rest, are the center. And that is as much a political statement as it is an artistic one in a society that often marginalizes Black women. Resting Our Eyes is currently on view at the new Institute for Contemporary Art San Francisco, and the curators join us now. Welcome to Forum Tahira Rashid and Autumn Brion. Good morning. Thank you so much. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Thanks Thank you for, for having, having us. us. Yes. And I'll add that in addition to curator, Tahir Rashid is an artist whose work has appeared in the New York Times and Art News, a 2020 YBCA 100 honoree, an internationally traveled DJ, and a former biomedical researcher. And Autumn Brion has had her work re- recognized by the Smithsonian Institution, the Obama Foundation, and has a background in aeronautics and astronautics. So science and art merging with both of y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. (laughs) So, Tahira, kick us off with the origin story of this exhibition. How did you and Autumn come together for the project, and why did you choose the themes of Black women's rest, leisure, and adornment? Sure. um, 
Autumn and I are both a part of a collective, um, the Wide Awakes um, and For Freedom. And we had been in each other's circle um, through uh, our activism within those um, art collectives. And we decided to work together and curate this show um, based off of our everyday lived experiences, our practices as activists um, and artists ourselves and our the way that we are rooted in um, Black feminist theory and um, honoring ourselves through self-care. Um, we decided that uh, we wanted to present to our community um, the a lot of the principles and values important to us and um, that center around abolition and care. And <clears throat> Audrey Lord um, from in the a part of the Combahee River um, Collective and Manifesto. Um, had this quote, caring for myself is not self-indulgent. It is self-preservation. That is an act of political warfare. Mm. And, you know, that political warfare being, you know, a continuation of politics by other means, meaning that when I believe when Audre Lorde stated that and quoted that um, self-care was not just about the $50 facial wash you know what right. i mean it, it was about bringing it in your in your community and having a place um for your community and providing a place where you can um where where black women were able to um share right discuss uh the struggles that they face in the um interlocking in their intersections of oppression uh, of the processes that we we experience um here in in america as black women. And Autumn, Resting Our Eyes is one a really beautiful title that I read you came up with. Tell us about the inspiration behind that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, T mentioned the, the Combahee River Collective statement and how much that inspires our individual praxis as much as it does uh, this, this exhibition. And we think about a world in which Black women are free and the rest of the world being free because all systems would have to be uh, destroyed. We thought about uh, our rest and our self-expression through adornment as central to what that, that world looks and feels like. But T and I both believe that we've experienced that like many times within this lifetime and our ancestors and elders have as well. And when I was thinking about when I've witnessed that, I, I just thought about the colloquialism that so many of us are familiar with, like an auntie that's somewhere on a couch. And when you ask if she's asleep, it's no, I'm, I'm not sleeping. I'm not mm -hmm. napping. I'm just resting my eyes. Mm -hmm. And the, those those small yet significant moments of leisure uh, were so important. So we, I thought that would be like a, a really fun, clever, nostalgic uh, reminder of how we see this every day. It's not something brand new. Yeah. And Tahira, since you've both um, mentioned the Combahee River Collective, um, just for audience members who might not be as familiar, can you describe, they were active in the mid to late 70s, but can you describe the, the collective and a little bit more of their politics? Sure. Um, the Combahee River uh, Collective was a group of Black queer feminists, scholars, activists, writers, 
uh, poets, and they wrote this manifesto in 1974, um, which, um, again, as I had stated, was um, an opportunity to dismantle the um, to, to dismantle the systems of oppression by providing this outlet of um, uh, of writing, and so we believe that sustaining uh, like a vital part of sustaining um, the work as activists and in, in systems where um, in the first wave of feminism, black women were, you know, excluded. And, and there are these um, intersections and processes here that have been created that have separated black women and um, these systems of white delusionalism and institutional racism um, that have they, they were put in place um, that mentally were a block and suppressed um, the social mobility specifically to black women um, disproportionately to other um, other uh, other folks other 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 races and so, um, the writing of Audre Lorde and the other Black queer feminists in, in this group um, provided this, this platform um, to, for and created this thought of Black feminism to honor um, each other and themselves through, through community activism and, and, and art and writing and how, you know, they, they also saw that that thin line could easily slip into the overextension of oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we think, so, uh, I mean, essentially it's just giving the voice, you know, to the anger and pain um, that the systems were so determined to keep silent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, so, and we were so and inspired by that. And I'll just, jump in and Autumn, I'll, I'll go to you on this because your curator's statement is, is really impactful. You you reference Combahee. You also, also reference a law in 1786 where the Spanish governor of Louisiana, Esteban Rodriguez Miro, rec- required black women to wear headscarves because they were showing, quote, too much luxury in their bearing. Yeah. You know, they couldn't put jewelry or feathers in their hair. They had to be plain. What was your reaction when you first learned about that that law, you know, and we're not too far removed from the Crown Act being enacted exactly. here in California to end hair discrimination in the exactly. state. So, yeah, what what did that register for you, and then um, and then your response with this exhibition? Yeah, yeah. Uh, reading those words, like when T and I were actually able to to read the the law that this governor had enacted, it was alarming. <laughs> to see that what's so essential for us was literally criminalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but as you mentioned, that did not feel like it was in the very distant past. Like it, it was putting words to experiences that, that, that we know every day. There, there was also an ordinance that we referenced that was in South Carolina in the early 20th century where black women literally had to prove that they were employed. Right. And you could be fined and jailed if if you were resting your eyes, if you were relaxing. And, and it was just really alarming to see the criminalization of these acts that are so essential and so 
so sustaining. And it, it also reminded me how essential it is to, to really highlight the visual vocabulary of our leisure, of our adornment, because that's what combats the, the criminalization and the vocabulary that's been assigned to, to oppression. And we're going to be coming up on the break soon, but Tahir, I I read that you, um, a question that you kept returning to, both of you kept returning to while planning this exhibition was, what is the aesthetic of a free Black woman? So what answers did you find to that question? What does it look like according to the artist's works presented in this show, if there's a few that you just want to describe or a couple you want to describe to, to give us a taste? Tahira? Sure. Oh, I, I think. Um, can you hear me? Yes. I'm sorry. Go, yeah. Go right ahead. Um, I think uh, what 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 we see is that um, that it's the the it's not it's it's the roots of self care for like it it's. We it, we can't turn ourselves inward and only focus on like self care that only benefits the 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 individual. But essentially, um, black women who fought for our physical and emotional and spiritual and intellectual freedom, um, we see that in how we show up and being a part of that tradition, um, going to church. That that's what affirms our our, our black womanhood and, and prioritizes. Uh, Black liberation honors like the legacy um, of, of Black women fighting to center those intersectional lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it is the way that we show up and provide um, space for our community, um, which is an authentic killing power um, that well, I've gonna, seen. And sorry, I'm going to just jump in there because we are heading close to the break. And as you're hearing a song off, actually the "Resting Our Eyes" Spotify playlist that. Tahir Rashid, DJ curated, and we'll be hearing some more titles as we go through the hour. We're talking about the Resting Our Eyes art exhibition at the Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco that's up now with Autumn Brion and Tahira Rashid, both artists and co-curators of it. And we'd like to hear from you, our listeners. So email form at kqed.org. What does the act of resting mean to you? What does it feel like? What does it look like for you? um, 866-733-6786. More after the break. I'm Ariana Prail, in for Alexis Madrigal. This is Forum. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome to the dream space. 
Another world is possible. You are enough. Our dreams are enough. Welcome back to Forum and welcome to the dream space. I'm Ariana Prail in for Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about Resting Our Eyes, the new art exhibition at the Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco. I'm joined by both the both artists and co-curators, Autumn Brion and Tahira Rashid. And that was a bit of Trisha Hersey's, uh, a.k.a. the Nat Bishop song, Rest Life. It's part of her larger Nat ministry that asserts the idea that rest is resistance and rest is reparations. Autumn Brion, I know Trisha Hersey's work was also a reference and, and if inspiration. What resonates um, about her work as well? I am a huge fan of the Nat Bishop, the Nat Ministry of Trisha's. I consider myself a Nat evangelist following in her church and religion. I Even before her book, I, I, I love the book so much and I reference it a lot, but I, I love the way that she reminds us that that resting is it's a resistance and, and it's pushing back to to capitalism and to white supremacy and it's a nice reminder uh of the significance and and how powerful it is when we make time to rest and she she just frames it really beautifully and i love the way that her her art practice um it, it furthers that communication as well i'm i'm a big fan of what she does and Tahira, you both obviously have very active art practices. What is your rest practice? Um, my rest practice is just taking a, a moment in the day to to breathe um, and actually to to sleep, um, to take a walk, to ride my bike, um, to sail my boat. Um, I find rest in in those activities when I can literally release um, my mind um, from thoughts of the day or, or work. Um, I find rest um, quite often during the day and I'm prioritizing it. Mm. And Autumn, what about you? Definitely being around my tribe, uh, spending quality time with the folks that I love and that love me. Uh, also taking in other people's art. Uh, I really love how I feel when I'm able to to take a look at and engage with the work of other artists. And also want to, again, put the call out to our listeners to share what the act of resting means to you. What does it feel like? What does it look like for you if you have a practice that really helps you feel rested or grounded? And yeah, you can share us. You can Tell us all about it at forum at kqed.org. You can give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at KQED Forum. And, and Autumn, Brian, the artists featured in Resting Our Eyes span generations and mediums. How did you choose the artists in the show? And if you can give us just a little taste of the kinds of, of works that you have on display. Sure, sure. T and I uh, made our wish list of the the art and the artists that that we thought were essential for for communicating this idea that we had around resting our eyes. So when T and I work together, uh, oftentimes it's literally us just like putting uh, putting notes, putting post-its like on butcher paper or or like FaceTiming with each other and just showing 
what we're thinking. And what was really special when we were putting together this initial checklist, um, T and I had a lot of the same the same names uh, and the the same specific artworks on the list. I, I it was really important for us to include figurative and abstract works uh, for us to really uh, get kind of creative with using the space and being able to to lean into different mediums. So. There's, there's video work, there's sculptures, there's some large scale paintings and, and installations. And I think that that really reflects um, the multitudes that, that Black women contain uh, and how that, that's expressed in, in so many different ways. So that was really important to us as we were thinking about uh, how we could visually communicate the thesis. And one of those artists is that's included in the show is Tracy Bartlow, who is joining us now. Tracy Bartlow, welcome to Forum. Thank you so much for having me. And it's so nice to be in conversation with you again. Yes, Our yes. <laughs> yes, I know. I got to meet um, Tracy a few years ago at B Loves um, Guest House in West Oakland. Yes. yes. And now I get to see you, um, see your work uh, up on the wall. And I must say, I was really, I was really taken in by your photograph, Girl Boss, which you have <laughs> featured in the show. And I'm wondering if you can describe it um, for our listeners and also uh, tell us about the time that it reflects in your life, because it was taken back in 1996. Yes. Thank you so much um, for giving me this opportunity. Um, Girl boss, this is a portrait I made of a young lady <clears throat> that lived in my neighborhood in East Oakland. She was a community member. She was friends with my younger brother. Um, we all grew up together. And this was a time in my life where I had moved back to the Bay Area after living in New York City for several years dancing and modeling and traveling the world. And it was through my experience in modeling that I had this interest in photography. And I had a 35 millimeter camera that someone had given me. So when I moved back to Oakland after seeing the world, I saw my neighborhood through new eyes. And I started making... <laughs> I'm emotional. Oh, my goodness. Mm. <laughs> Woo. Mm. I started making um, these street portraits, <laughs> taking everybody's picture. <laughs> Do you want us? We can give you a minute. We can give you a minute. Um, okay, I got it together. Okay, <laughs> I was like, I can go to Autumn if you want to. If you want to take a breath, thank you. We're thank here. You for that moment. So I started making these street portraits, and I would tell people when I was going to come outside. I'm gonna be out there, y'all. I'm gonna come out there on Saturday or a holiday, Fourth of July or Memorial Day when folks were out looking good. And I would go into the neighborhood and I would make these portraits. And uh, the funny experience of it is that um, one hour photo processing was kind of new. So to come back in an hour with the photographs and I would sell them for like $2 for a four by six print. And it was fun. And it was such a beautiful 
connection and sharing. So Stephanie knew I was coming outside one day and this is what she chose to wear. And she is, um, has this array of green on from head to toe. She has on gold rings. She has on these gold hoops. Her hair is pushed up and she doesn't have on any makeup. And she has just like this beautiful, deep red tone to her complexion. And she made some poses and I took some pictures. And when I saw the picture, I was like, she is a boss because she has this directness in her personality. And you could see it in the way she's looking in the camera, but you can also see she's 15, 16 years old. She's a teenager. And so I called the picture Girl Boss. And I love looking at that photo. It made me think of one of my favorite quotes from Zora Neale Hurston, which is, I love myself when I'm laughing. And then again, when I'm looking mean and impressive, because she she just looks so unbothered in in such a beautiful (laughs) way. But it was so beautiful, even though she had a very stern, resolute stare. It, yes. it was it was beautiful. And yeah. And so and Tracy, what about this exhibition's themes of rest and adornment really resonated with you? Um, it's such a huge shift in this whole way of living. And Ariana, when you um, gave that Toni Morrison quote at the beginning of like a demarcation moving over and to where I am, I started crying then. (laughs) It's like there is this shift in the paradigm and it is an opportunity for us to look at and take good care of ourselves on our terms, how we define what is rest to me? What is what makes me feel good? What feeds my spirit? How do I care for and adorn myself that is pleasing to me? Yeah. It's powerful. I I think that you see no autumn. Uh, yes, I, I, it's re- I, I love the subject um, of of girl boss. I I think that we do see that in in her gaze and her stance, but. What's also powerful to me about that image is I also see Tracy's care mm. and like the the lovingness and how she how she photographed the trust the, the that subject. was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you really sense that, and I mean it's obviously evident just Tracy and how you like retell that story. There's there's so much care and love in in the approach and in the image that you made. They thank you so much for being a part of the exhibition. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Autumn. And um, maybe Tahir, if you want to take this one, there's something um, that we haven't dug into as much yet, which is the balance of celebrating adornment while celebrating rest. And as Tracy was describing, you know, Stephanie and Girl Boss is wearing gold hoops, you know, four fingers, all have gold rings. And throughout the exhibition, there are just lots of sparkles and rhinestones and mirrors where you can literally see yourself um, reflected. Why was that important to include? I think we wanted to include, um, for, for example, Genevieve's uh, 
mirrors um, directly across from the title wall that is in um, gold leaf. I think it's, we want it for, we want it, and I'll just pause just just in. to describe. So this piece is literally it's almost top to bottom <clears> and it's an array of a number of mirrors that are all just kind of put into this oval. And so they're found mirrors. 150 mirrors. OK, so yeah. like handheld mirrors and they're all outlaid next to each other <laughs> on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the opportunity to to for audiences to take a moment and to take a rest um, to adorn themselves, um, to reflect literally, physically when you're there and you're looking in the mirror to see that, that, that gold, which is gold is, is, is from an exploding star, um, to have, um, that, that, that moment where you can remind yourself and look at yourself and, and, and see how, how, how you have adorned yourself and, and what that brings out and what that attracts. And I know for Autumn and I, one, one of the, the main, one of the biggest things for, for Autumn and I when we were working on this exhibition and how we became, um, how we worked together so well and how we become, became to know each other is, is through our own endorment and recognizing um, how we are, our gold, the, our, the gems on our, our, our teeth or our gold grills. And, and the way in which um, we we carry ourselves um, that that garnered this attention and immediate um, visibility and respect for one another and and the care that I saw that Autumn um, a- adorned herself with that was similar to me it it I knew that. Um, there, there was, was just kinship. something very there. Yeah. There was a kinship and something very special about that. That is also very unique to to Black culture um, and where we go and, and stemming from that law and how um, Black women have been uh, repeatedly throughout history refined and you know toned down and restricted from being able to to express ourselves. And that is um, that is a that th- these are radical acts. So to, to show up in the world and appear as your true and genuine self, that, that says something. That means a lot. Yeah. Well, let's go to a caller, Kathy in Menlo Park. Kathy, you're on. Hi, good morning. I first met Tahira, and the she was in the sixth grade, and I was her homeroom teacher. Oh. And I just, I just wanted to mention how, uh, what, uh, wonderful leader she was and i see has grown into being uh just a joyful uh person who helps us all be better people so uh, i just wanted to thank tahira tell her i admire uh both of your works tahira and autumn and you have adorned many people's lives tahira thank you Wow. Oh, thank you, Kathy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> and and Tyra, let's and I think it's really significant too. I know you and, and Tracy Bartlow also go go way back and um also, you know, Oakland natives. What has it meant to put on this show, you know, in the Bay Area, Tahira? Um, 
it, it has meant a lot. Um, I come from parents who uh, were um, active in the Black Panther Party in West Oakland, um, Ohlone Land, um, where I was born and raised. Um, and I was a witness to um, activism at a, you know, since, since I can remember. Um, Tracy Bartlow um, was, I met Tracy when I was about not 10 years old. Um, and actually Tracy was the first person that gave me, um, an artistic voice and, uh, uh, a means to express myself through art, uh, through dance, through writing. Um, and I have to thank you so much, Tracy, for giving me that voice, um, that has inspired me and made me the artist that I am today. Um, and it continues to grow and, um, (laughs) the West Oakland, you know, you have the Pullman Porter train station in the back of West Oakland that um, hired um, Black folks. Um, my my entire family is, you know, my on my mother's side, you know, um, migrated from Mississippi and Louisiana, New Orleans to Richmond and Oakland to work at the port. And um, my, my father and mother were active in my mother in the breakfast program, Black Panther Party, wow. my father in the labor unions, and um, very active with um, with legislation, city council. Um, and so um, all of my life has been inspired by them. And I have engaged in art um, uh, to continue that civic engagement. Um, and it, it is extremely significant. Um, that this exhibit is in the Bay Area. Well, we've been talking about, we're talking about uh, Resting Our Eyes, the new art exhibition at the Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco. I'm talking with Autumn Brian, artist and co-curator, and Tayer Rashid, another artist and co-curator with the project. Uh, we also just spoke with Tracy Bartlow, featured artist of Resting Our Eyes. Um, her work is called Girl Boss that's featured in the exhibit. And we are going to go into the break listening to Feeling Good by Nina Simone, I think one that was shouted out by Tracy Bartlow. And Tracy, thanks so much for joining us. You're listening to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in for, Mina, for Alexis Madrigal. Sorry. Dragonfly out in the sun, you know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies all having fun. You know what I mean Sleep in peace when day is done That's what I mean And this old world is a new world In a bold world Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. I am powerful beyond measure. The version of me others created in their mind is not my responsibility. I normalize saying no when others want too much for me. I uproot any soul ties of attachment that has held me hostage to lower paradigms of thought, feeling, expressing, and womaning. Take up spaces. Got my room with this. I'm a fool for this. Rest is a revolution and a luxury. I'm learning to stay. Welcome back to Form. I'm Ariana Prail in for Alexis Madrigal. That was a bit of the song Take Up Spaces by Tony Jones, another song on the Resting Our Eyes Spotify list, curated by one of our guests, Tahira Rashid, artist and co curator of the Resting Our Eyes art exhibition at the Institute of Contemporary Art in San Francisco, also joined by her co-curator, Autumn Brion, also an artist. And we also have another uh, artist that's featured in the show that is joining us. Layla Weifer um, is featured with their installation uh, that's called Tillage and Fury, Tillage and Fury, excuse me, and they live and work in Oakland. Layla, welcome to Forum. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. So can you describe your piece for the exhibition, a 21 minute uh, video installation? That's the one space that you kind of walk, you have to go behind a curtain to experience. Tell us what's in there when you when you go behind the curtain. Uh, Yes. So Tahira and Autumn commissioned me to create a video installation, which I'm really grateful for because within a group show, it's it's it, it means a lot to be able to create a, a punctuated space within a show like this. And Tillage and Fury is a portrait of anger, which focuses on the on rice cultivation and the life cycle of the fly. And it was inspired by the 2022 Liberia rice shortage, which happened all through West Africa. But Liberia was a country that cultivated its own rice just over a century ago. And due to colonialism, agricultural colonialism and plantation economies, it has reached a point where its main source of food, which is rice, is a scarcity. And so this mm-hmm. made me incredibly angry. Um, and, and anger is something that I really wanted to focus on within the context of this show because I know so many of us feel angry for so many reasons. And in order for rest to exist, as a Black person, anger must be expelled. So tillage in Tillage and Fury references the, the slaves that tilled the land where, the rice, where, where rice grows, where the rice grew. And Fury obviously references that, that source of anger that exists within all of us. Hmm. And... I'm wondering if you can speak more also about the themes and concept for this exhibition that resonated with you and and kind of connect with with the themes that you brought to the table with with anger and with that history. Yes, yeah, so as I was just saying a little bit before, Liberia I'm Liberian, so the the story of the rice shortage was incredibly uh, personal for me and I wanted this piece within the context of of adornment and leisure and and rest. I wanted this piece to be a pressure release valve for Mm. all of the black audiences that walk into the space. It's really challenging and pushes 
many of the visitors into a place of discomfort. But for the Black audiences, I wanted them to see that room as a place where they can relax, where they can find humor in some of the darker parts of, of the dialogue. And, you know, anger is really an indispensable element of beauty. And I think once we are able to uh, experience anger, we are able to rest. And rest is only afforded to, historically only afforded to people who don't look like us. Hmm. And I think it's, I think it's really angering that we have, we're at a place where rest has to be seen as a luxury. And so if you can yeah, expound a little bit more on yeah, what rest means to you, what it looks like to you in, in the pure form for yourself. Um, yeah, I'll just... Yeah, um, rest. Rest is power. The the to be given the power to rest is is amazing, uh, and I wanted to extend that power to to the viewers. I am still looking for ways to to find rest in my life because, as all of us here have named, we are activists, which means we care so much about um, you know our community. Uh, my mother, who's probably listening right now. Uh, raised me in Oakland and was a Black Panther herself, similar to T. And so that spirit of activism lives in me. And the only way we can continue that work is if we understand that we need rest in order to continue to fuel that power in us. Hmm. And yeah, Autumn, Brian, you've kind of connected to that. And I'll, if I heard if you have any comments um, related to what Layla has shared, um, but you've also spoken about how art in a community is not just art in a physical institution. It's about how that creativity gets to permeate beyond the walls. And I'm wondering if you can share more about what you meant by that. And I also feel like it relates to some of what Layla was sharing as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that art and organizing exists in a symbiotic relationship with each other. Um, so, so if the creativity, if the message is not permeating be beyond the walls of the institution, uh, we're, we're doing something wrong. We ain't doing something right. And we, we definitely uh, considered that and practice that with this exhibition. It was incredible to, uh, to work with these artists, but also to work with, folks that are doing some incredible creative work uh, in the neighborhood, in the community where, where the institution is. So we were able to partner with uh, Sucre Couture, which is a fantastic uh, Oakland-based jewelry uh, jewelry collection. And we were able to, to co-design uh, a capsule collection of some gold statement pieces. And we've worked with Stashed, which is also in San Francisco. And they even had like this, this creative approach to encourage folks to visit both the museum and their store. See, what, what was it? You, you got like a, a discount or something when you visited our exhibition. And we got to brew a beer with Temescal Brewery. It's, it's just, it's, it's really great when you get to see this entire ecosystem um, working with each other. It was it was really fun. And when you were talking about Layla's work, thank you so much for bringing up the the process of actually going through the curtain when when you take in their piece. Um, I've I've loved Layla's work uh, for a while. So I was really excited to be able, Layla, to speak with you, to work with you, to meet you. But I I really feel like you created um, like a sanctuary 
that's within that white cube. And so much of a part of taking in what you made is when you walk through those curtains and how you're a, a little bit disconnected from everything else that you just took in. Yep. Um, that's a really special punctuation. Yeah, I want to add to that. Like, I really mm-hmm. love Layla's piece as well. And just it goes back to what I feel like Autumn and I are grounded in how we curated this exhibition um, with being inspired by the Combahee River Collective and and, and care um, as as a radical act. And, and, and that was broken down to giving voice to anger, creating that space. And that is what Layla did, I feel like, in that piece, which is why it is, it's so impactful. And in moments of, of grief and, and, and crisis and trauma and, and, and time before and after uh, what Layla was describing happening in Liberia, we, we need each other to survive and thrive. And we're creating this space for us. And it does, it permeates beyond these walls with what Autumn said, with the, the community engagement, which is, uh, which is practicing care. Um, and that is, that, that's really significant in how we brought in the community and reimagining the space of institutions um, that we also sought out to do. And I think that we, yeah, we have gone beyond what, what I expected. And, and I'm so proud of that, by the way, we have engaged with community and in the different mediums that exist in this exhibition, like Layla's piece. And I'm, I'm so forever <laughs> grateful and thankful for, for, for your video installation, Layla. It is amazing. I, I really hope people take the time to actually really sit in it um, so that they can experience what you just described. Thank you so much, T. That means so much. That means a lot to hear from both of you. Uh, how much you, how much you uh, love the work, and I also want to name that when when T and Autumn invited me to be in the in the show, I said, well, you know, I don't identify as a woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they they welcomed the transgender perspective in the show, and so my work makes sure to to look at the perspective of black womanhood through the trans woman who is featured in the work and through me as a transgender, non-binary, non-gender non-conforming person. So it's really, it's really heartwarming that, that they were able to open a pathway for the work around black womanhood to, to be seen and uh, experienced through transgender perspectives. Yeah, that is really powerful. Thank you for for highlighting that comment as well. And I we do have a couple listener comments coming in that I want to get to. This listener writes, one way I like to rest is to doodle and create art. It's nothing special and it's nothing I would share with the world, but it's so relaxing to me to create something just for myself. And this listener writes, a tradition I had in college was doing face masks, face masks with my girlfriends. We'd spend an evening together decompressing um, from the world. And those were some of my most vivid memories from that time. Uh, so, yeah, just a reminder, it's, it's some of the, the simple things. It's like going to an exhibition. It's like going to a Resting Our Eyes exhibition, right? It's just It could be simple um, little things that bring in that, that sense of peace. That's for right. yourself, right? That's exactly right. Is that Autumn? Yep. You want to chime in? Was that? Yeah, I was. I was agreeing with you absolutely. And uh, to the listener that said that the doodling isn't special, it, it is special because it is just for you and because mm-hmm. you're resting. That's very special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm also curious for for each of you, um, what challenged you in putting together this exhibit? So here, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's it's, it's always challenging to to share your your true self, and I think with in engaging in art and curating, you're bringing forth um, your 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 true self. Um, and I know for for this specific exhibition, um, the approach was for social change deeply rooted in, 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 in black feminist practice. And it's the ways in which I've navigated um, throughout the world, like in, in my life and in institutions, it's been very difficult for me to um, exist with my intersections, my, my multiple identity intersections as well. So um, that was really, you know, scary. Um, and, but at the end of the day, you know, it feels good to be able to pro- curate to the world um, our, my truth um, and my solutions, my story um, through, the, through the work of all of these artists that are in the show. And I'm so thankful for, for the work that they've done that allowed me to be able to do that. And before I go to you, Autumn, I just want to remind listeners, this is a fundraising period for KQED Public Radio. For more information about how to support KQED, go to kqed.org. I'm Ariana Prail in for Alexis Madrigal, and we're talking about Resting Our Eyes, a new art exhibition. Uh, so, Autumn, Brian, to you, that question as well, what, was, what challenged you in, in putting t- this together? Unfortunately, uh, not practicing uh, what I was preaching. So, uh, getting tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, as, as much as we we understood like the the theory, the importance, as much as we were writing about, <laughs> talking about uh, care for each other and, and care with the work, uh, I need to be reminded a lot to take care of myself, especially with uh, how intense it can be when you're working on a project like this uh, on this yeah. scale, but I'm, I'm grateful that uh, I was working with T that would remind me to take care of myself, that would make space for me to take care of myself. And also that allowed me to reciprocate and do that for her. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's important. A, a team is so important. Like your tribe is so important because as much as we know how important these things are and talk about them, sometimes you need a reminder. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote a piece as well for KQED Arts, you know, shameless little plug there, um, about <laughs> about the <laughs> exhibition, and I was exhausted while I was doing it, and I'm exhausted now. Like, I'm tired. It's the end of the week. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for Friday. I'm excited to talk to y'all. Yeah. You know, it's just like the reality of, of you know, just needing to juggle that and, and yeah. balance that. Um, and I, I'm learning we got to make space for that. Like, we, we need those moments to just be candid and honest and say, like, I am tired. It was a long week. I'm happy to talk to you, but happy Friday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's beauty in that honesty. Well, we're coming up on the end of the hour. And I'd just like to hear from you all. What do you want people to feel as they walk through this exhibit? What do you hope stays with them when they leave? Tahira. I, I hope people feel feel good and I hope they they feel care and I hope they they feel rested. Lovely. 
And Autumn, what about you? I hope they feel reminded uh, that this is a truth that is ancient and that has been inside of them. We, we aren't trying to uh, proclaim that something is brand new or that we created it. I hope that folks feel like they got a, a gentle, beautiful reminder and they feel inspired to, to recreate that when they, when they leave those four walls. That's what I hope for. Great. And a uh, reminder to listeners, the exhibition is up through June 25th at the Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco. We've been talking about Resting Our Eyes, the new art exhibition about Black women's right to rest and leisure. We were joined by the co-curators Autumn Brion and Tahira Rashid, both artists themselves. And earlier, we heard from Layla Weifer and Tracy Bartlow. Thanks to all our guests for joining. And this hour of forum is produced by Blanca Torres, Grace One, and Jennifer Ng. Marlena Jackson Rotondo is our engagement producer. Judy Campbell is lead producer. Our engineer is Danny Bringer. Our interns are Lulu Ralda and Jericho Reininger. Susan Davis is a senior producer here, and our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. And we are going to be going into the end of the hour hearing a little bit of Conceded by SZA to take us into the weekend. Uh, you've been listening to Forum. I'm Ariana Prail in for Alexis Madrigal, and stay tuned for another hour of Forum ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul the Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul the Story are available now.